you guys. Can take your seats. Welcome to City Church. So my name is Jamie. So good morning. How's everyone going? So this week has been a pretty. Um, well, it's been another crazy week, hasn't it, in the the world? Um, but this week we've had um, NADOC. Um, we showed a video uh, last week about how. This has been a, a week of celebrating Aboriginal people and what originally was a day of mourning, now it's a day about celebrating traditions and celebrating cultures. So what I wanted to do was something a little bit different. So I just wanted to start off by doing a, an acknowledgement of country, if that's okay. So, so we want to acknowledge that we pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the lands and the waters of New South Wales and all Aboriginal elders, past, present and emerging. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and the waters of New South Wales and the continuing cultural, spiritual customs and practices. And remember that this is and always will be Aboriginal land. So I'm just going to pray. So God, I just thank you that, um, you know, you're a God that answers prayer. And God, I just pray for each and every single person that's here. I pray the very best for them in Jesus' name. God, I pray for protection over everyone here against this crazy viruses and stuff that are going around. I pray for people's children that are here, God. I pray for your protection in Jesus' name. And God, we just pray that this morning we'd be able to have an amazing time in you, that I wouldn't stuff up too much and I might even get a second chance to do this again. Amen. So thank you for coming out because I want to acknowledge that, you know, sometimes just getting here is a win. You know what I mean? It's, it's felt like a crazy couple of years and I know that the last couple of years have been tough, tough for everybody and just sometimes getting into the building and the amount of sicknesses and viruses and stuff that's going around. So thank you for coming and even if you're watching online, thank you for watching I want to give a shout out um, to uh, my father and mother-in-law, Kevin and, and Marilyn Brett, um, who are in, hopefully in America watching this um, with Kyle and Laura. So I'll give a shout out to those guys. I love them. So, so Emma and I and the family, we've just moved back here. We, we moved from um, Kermont, um, where it was flooding um, constantly. And um, we had a beautiful house, but it was in the middle of nowhere. But we've moved back to the mountains um, we're about five minutes away in Blacksland. And, um, and Ben actually sat me down, which has probably led me to this, but Ben actually sat me down. And not a lot of people know, but Ben's actually a bit of a tyrant. But Ben, ben sat me down. And he just looked me dead in the eye um, over a coffee, which I paid for. And um, he just said, mate, I want you to know that you will never preach unless you move back to the Blue Mountains. And so which is ironic because he doesn't live in the Blue Mountains. But, you know, sometimes we just have to do what he says. But, you know, I, I'm kidding, by the way. He isn't a tyrant. He's a lovely, beautiful person inside and out. So we've been talking about health. Well, we've been talk no, we haven't talked about health. We've been talking about health. And um, I was about to say healthy Harold then for a second. We've been talking about <laughs> life education. If you've got your dollar coin... No, we've been talking about health. So the, the, the title of this message, if you're writing this down, is called The Power of Community. The Power of Community. So 
If you have your Bibles or you're writing this down, turn to Philippians 2 verse 4, or you could write it down or I'll just say it. It says that instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. So my first point when reaching people in our community or trying to help people in our community is that kindness is our cure. Kindness is our cure. So one of the things that I do, I actually get paid to be kind. I get paid to be kind to people during the work. I work in a, in a family therapy team and generally my job is to keep children with their parents, to keep children at home and um, to make sure that I'm seeing families go from failing to thriving. And I love my job. Um, one of the things that I really struggled with, I know that a lot of people really loved it, uh, re- might have really loved it, but I really struggled with COVID. I really struggled with not connecting with people. I, I struggled with not seeing people. I know that some people loved it because you were working from home. <laughs> How many of you were working from home? Sometimes I was working from home as well, but you know, I really struggled. So one of the things that I did was I, I just really wanted to connect with people. So I would deliver things to people's houses. I would get them gifts. I would get them hampers. I would get them food. I would take them essential cards. I would do anything that I could to connect with them. Because how many people know that people really crave connection? I've got here that kindness is about giving hope to those who think they're alone in the world. And kindness about seeing the best in others, even when they can't see it in themselves. Kindness is about something that anyone can give without losing themselves. Kindness is not what you do, but it is who you are. I pray that at City Church, kindness would be who we are. You know, in Mountains Care, we've been really looking at reframing a lot of the things that we've been doing for the last couple of years. And I, I just kept thinking that, what do we need? People just need kindness. People just need connection. I know that uh, Mount Riverview, the mountains, is a little bit of a, a, a different area and, you know, people like generally are doing really well, but I think that people still crave us to be kind. As Christians, you know, let's be kind to each other. When someone stuffs up, when someone does wrong, what's our first response? Is it kindness? The thing is that I love about kindness is anyone can be kind. And I really believe that random acts of kindness can change the world. And when all else fails in life, we can be kind. So I've got a few little corny ideas um, here, and I love that sort of corny stuff, but I've got a few corny ideas on different ways you can be kind to people. So have you ever thought about surprising someone with an unexpected visit or an unexpected phone call? Have you ever thought about expressing your empathy to someone and not your sympathy? Have you ever thought about giving someone a hug? Not like a weird church hugger, but just a, just a hug. Have you ever thought about writing someone a letter? Have you thought about making someone a meal that's been going through something or that's been in hospital? Have you thought about going to visit your parents when they need it? Have you thought about treating someone to their favorite coffee? Mine's is a flat white with one, by the way. Um, Have you thought about saying I love you to someone with meaning? Have you thought about telling someone in your life how wonderful they are? And have you thought about asking a neighbour or someone in your life 
How can I help? Have you thought about making someone a cup of tea? Or listening to someone without interrupting? Have you thought about saying, I'm sorry, when you need to? Have you thought about buying someone a gift? Have you thought about telling someone you wish they understood? Have you thought about holding someone's hand that needs it? Have you thought about, at times, keeping that side to yourself? And have you thought about using a kind voice, even if sometimes it means that you have to fake it? Have you thought about visiting a sick friend? Have you thought about offering someone in the community a helping hand or sending someone a care package, no matter how small? Have you thought about smiling, complimenting others, and always being kind? One of the worst mistakes I think we can make as people is thinking that we have the time. Because we don't. We don't have the time. One of the things that I was reminded of a couple of years ago is when I got sick is that I didn't have the time and I needed to do as much as I could do. My second point, if you're writing this down, and um, it's this. Authentic passion can change the community. Now look at that first word, authentic. So authentic passion can change the community. I love listening to passionate people. I would rather listen to someone that's passionate about carpet than listen to someone that's passionate about something I love, like a sport or boxing. I'm attracted to passionate people. 1 Thessalonians verse 5, verse 14 says, We urge you, brothers and sisters, and warn those that are idle and disruptive and encourage the disheartened. Anyone that is weak, please be patient with everyone. Does God give us passion? It's never too late to discover your passion. It's the very thing that God created us to do. God has given you and me a calling, and when we pursue it passionately, truly amazing things will happen. One of the hardest things we learn is when it's not about us. My, my father-in-law, Kevin William Brett, is um, 71 years young, and um, what I love about him is he's both kind, he's wacky, and he's passionate. So one of the amazing things that, he, that, that I got is we, we went to visit them. They've moved to Coffs Harbour. They're the pastors here for a very long time. And they moved to Coffs Harbour. And when we, when we went up there, one of the things that I was just amazed by is Kevin's connection to his community. We were driving around and Kevin knew what the neighbours were doing. He knew what their, what their parents' were, names were. He knew what their relatives were. He knew that they had lived in the area for this amount of time. We went to um, like a, a cafe down at the beach. Camby's been there. It was like this little hipster sort of cafe. There's a young guy in there that was working like with a, like a typical sort of coffee dude. And... Um, like, and Kevin's like, oh, this is Pierre. Pierre's been here for like three years and he's like, he loves Real Madrid and starts talking about it. It's like, this is my son-in-law, Jamie. Like, I don't know the name of my coffee guy. Do you know what I mean? I probably should. But like, it's just amazing how connected he was to his community. And he's 71. Do you know what I mean? It was a challenge to me, you know, like to reach out and to be more friendly in my community. And I love... That, and I'm not going to go into this for obvious reasons, but with Kevin, that when something big that happened in our family a couple of years ago is that his first response is to be kind, to be forgiving and to be kind. I pray that you would City Church, when something happens to you guys, that your first response would be kindness, would be forgiving, 
would be prayer, would be love. Everyone wants to change the world. I mentioned before that the last couple of years have been hard. You know what I mean? They've been, what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> the last couple of years have been, the, la- the last couple of years have been extremely hard. They've been really difficult. It, it seems to be that we keep getting faced with like different challenges. You know, we've, we've been through COVID. COVID felt just bizarre within itself. It felt like I was watching a movie, like where, there, like, I don't know how many strains we're up to now, but, um, you know, we've had them all. We've had Omicron, Decepticon, all of the cons. We've had a heck of them. And when I, um, and, uh, when I looked at, um, at Facebook one day, I actually thought that the latest thing, that when they, when they brought out monkeypox, I actually literally thought that was a joke. So we were looking on there and I thought that uh, they, they, they're, they're joking now, aren't they? Like they're just bringing out stuff like it's going to be like flamingo fever and all this crazy stuff. But it, the last couple of years have been crazy. And like it, it seems to be, and Ben mentioned this the other week, is that we seem to have, um, you know, be bombarded with negativity. It's like we switch on Instagram, we switch on Facebook, on Snapchat, on whatever we're looking at and we're hit with constant barrages of negativity. It's like all of a sudden I'm worried about the price of lettuce. Actually, it doesn't really even have that much nutritional value, by the way, but I was like, in my car, like, oh, iceberg. You know what I mean? Like, I'm starting to worry about the price of lettuce. I actually didn't care before. I mean, I know that's funny, but by some extent, I don't know if you guys have felt this, but there's been a collective vagueness and a collective tiredness that I guess people have felt in the community, and by some extent, we've lost our sense of community. We need to be running to people in need. And Romans 12, verses 10 to 11 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. So if you can't figure out what your passion is, Figure out your purpose. Always go with your passions and never ask yourself, is it realistic or not? Passion is born when you catch a glimpse of your true potential. If you feel like there's something that you want to do for community that you're supposed to be doing it and you have a passion for it, then stop wishing and do it. No alarm clock is needed. My passion wakes me up. Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress, but working hard for something we love is called passionate. I'm passionate about seeing people healed from trauma. I believe there's a lot of people that are walking around in our community and in our lives, in our friendship groups that are suffering from trauma. And I think we live in a community where people have been affected by trauma. My job is like, I'm, I'm kind of like an emotional first aid officer. So, so I run to people that have been hurting to help them. And um, I remember a few years ago, I, I was working in a, in a residential care home with a bunch of boys. And um, there was like, they, they live in this, in this care home until they're about 12 to 18. 
and um, they stay there for a couple of years. Most of them have sort of reached that age where they can't find a home or they can't find anyone to foster them or to look after them. And um, one of the hardest things is, is working with kids that are unwanted by society. And um, I remember one morning, it was a Saturday morning, we were all sitting around and, um, and you know, I'd just cooked breakfast for the boys it was a Saturday morning, I had them bacon and eggs and hash browns and I'd done all that stuff and we had just come in from playing basketball and I was reading the paper, so it must have been a while ago because nowadays I probably would have just been scrolling, but I was reading the, the paper and I saw on, a, on there that someone had won $50 million and so I go, oh look guys, like someone's won $50 million, like they've, they've won $50 million in the lotto. I go, what, what would you do with $50 million? I go, I'd probably move to like, uh, you know, the beach. I'd probably have a house that overlooked the water. I'd give all my friends and families like a couple of million dollars. I would start a charity. I'd have an amazing life. I'd probably have a beautiful Ford 1969 red Mustang and um, an F100 and all this stuff. And I was talking about like, I guess all these things that I would do with the money and I said to the to the next kid there was there was four kids there I said to the to the next kid what would you do and he goes uh I'd probably like live in a water park you know I'd probably like have a slide down from my bedroom and like that would be my life and he was sort of like getting carried away with it as kids do and the next kid said I would live in a tree house like I'd live in a tree house I'd have a slide down to the beach so I could go down there every morning the third kid said, well, I'd, have, um, I'd live at Luna Park and the, the face would be my bedhead. And um, I would like, he's just saying things that, that kids say. And then the uh, fourth kid, which was the, that sort of kid that doesn't say a lot, I guess he's that sort of tough kid. I guess he's that sort of kid that the other kids were a bit worried about. And I was really, like I was looking to, to, to him to see what he would say. And um, I said, what about you, mate? What would you do with $50 million? And he said... I'd buy a family, you know, and that spoke to me and I'll never, ever, ever forget that because that read, and I'll tell that story to the day I die because it spoke to me about people need connection. People are desperate for connection. People are desperate for community. In Luke 10 verses 25 to 27, it says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all, the, all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, and, um, he said, you have, you've answered this correctly, Jesus said, do this and you will live. You know, in City Church, um, this year, we're, we're turning 40. We're turning 40 years old, and we're celebrating 40 years. And I look back at that time, and I mean, we'll, we'll obviously celebrate that later on, but I look back at that time and think, like, about the good times and the bad times. And I don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but it feels to me that at the moment that the church feels really, really healthy, and how many of you guys like feel that? It feels like it's in a really, really good place. And it feels like this has been a really long time coming for us. And I love coming to church at the moment. I feel like we've almost like hit that sweet spot. And, you know, it, it feels really, really good. And it feels like it is healthy. It's taken a long time 
to get us to where we are now. We've had a lot of difficult times in this church. And, you know, we're, we're, we're coming into an awesome season. But, you know, in that, I think this is our time to be looking outward and not inward, to be looking outward to our community. I've got a verse here, which is Matthew 5, verse 13, that says, Salt and light, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saviour, how can it be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they set it to a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Let's be passionate about community and let's be kind to one another and let's see some change in our community and start looking outward. I love you guys. Happy 40th. That was short and sweet. And um, I'm just going to pray, okay? So, God, I just pray for all of us here. God, I just pray for this, this second half of the year that you would be on us, God. I pray you would touch us in Jesus' holy name. I thank you for, for the families that come here every week to City Church. And God, I pray again for protection over them, God. I pray that this would be a next season that we go into that would be joyous, that would be fun. I pray in Jesus' holy name that we would have some absolutely beautiful weather toward the end of the year. And I just thank you for, for every single person here in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.